Where are my radio valves? Ah, you little beauties. We'll soon have the watts throbbing through you and your filaments glowing red hot, carrying the thoughts and words of mankind to the four corners of the world. Oh, there's nothing like a 19DS stroke 87B. <laughs> Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. G'day, I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is the WIA National News for week commencing May 4, and thanks for joining us. Anzac Day event, very, very successful. The annual AM and CW event, organised by Mike Banjo-Patterson, VK4MIK, and run by the Tablelands Radio Club of Far North Queensland, had plenty of on-air activity, as it honoured those modes used by service personnel in earlier years. The Tableland Radio Group originated this event four years ago with the aim of a radio salute to those that served or are serving by using the old radio modes of AM and CW. We set up the station AX4GHL next to the World War II igloo that was part of the Australian General Hospital, which was the largest field hospital in the Southern Hemisphere and is between Atherton and Mareeba on the Atherton Tablelands in far north Queensland. The weather wasn't kind with rain, but in spite of it, we had a lot of visitors, so the event was a success. It was good to hear the growing numbers of ex-military and old transceivers put on air for the day. Nick VK4YT in Cairns used his US Navy TCS gear. Barry VK4ALK had his tele-radio. We had a Vaughan transceiver at Rocky Creek. Clyde VK4FCRH had his Western Ingham. Gavin AX4ZZ acted as net controller due to his central location at the ex-military base at Salheim near Charters Towers and his skills as a former OTC radio operator were invaluable. Cole on ex-HMAS Diamantina VK4RAN in Brisbane plus the crew of ex-HMAS Castlemaine VK3RAN were busy on CW. John O AX3FMP PB was set up at Ballarat Showgrounds and Alan AX5PBZ set up at Trumby Bay RSL and has formed good relations before there. There were also stations at Lake Boga, uh, an ex-seaplane base near Swan Hill in Victoria. Uh, overall, um, the there was over 30 call-ins on AM in North Queensland and uh, numerous down to the south and other uh, clubs and groups participated throughout Australia. Thanks to all who took part and are growing this event. It is a good uh, cause and the PR to our hobby is very welcome. So 73s and thanks to all from VK4MIK, Mike. For the Tableland Radio Group. Thanks, Mike. Now, along with Gavin, VK4 Zulu Zulu as net control on the VK4 North, was HMAS Castlemaine, VK3 RAN at Williamtown, with Luke Steele, VK3 HJ, assisted by Tony Hamling, VK3 VTH. They had among their contacts the Royal Australian Navy Society, VK1 RAN, and John O'Carr, AX3 FMPB, at the Ballarat Showgrounds. Other highlights were the Lake Bogo Flying Boat Museum near Swan Hill, operated by Thomas, VK3EO, and the Malala Cemetery northwest of Adelaide that has the graves of 12 airmen and was activated by Stephen, AX5AIM. Roll on Anzac 100 next year. And to commemorate 
Anzac 100, a series of articles is to appear in Amateur Radio magazine by WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. And here's just a summary of one of them, The Garlands of Brisbane, an interesting father and son. David James Garland was born in Perth in 1896 and then, as a Brisbane student, assembled or made the basics to receive and perhaps even get the odd spark transmission on air. There is only sparse information about David's early activities, but this was not the case when he moved with his family to New Zealand. David was the son of David John Garland, an Anglican church clergyman who became a major player in the Anzac movement. In Wellington, New Zealand, David Jr. continued his wireless interest and whilst at Wellington College, wrote to the Wellington Dominion newspaper editor complaining about post office control over wireless. World War I broke out, stopping all wireless experimenters. The family moved back to Brisbane and David, now 19, attended university as an engineering student. In the Army Cadets, he prepared a sketch of a man-driven generator pack for use with cavalry. In March 1916, the student served with the Australian Wireless Squadron in Mesopotamia. He also served with the Royal Australian Engineers at Australian headquarters in Melbourne during World War II. In March 1919, the Queensland Wireless Institute was reformed and at this meeting, S.V. Colville was elected Secretary and Treasurer and David elected to the Council. Returning briefly, but importantly, to David Senior, prior to the war, he was a chaplain to Defence Volunteers in West Australia and Queensland and enlisted in November 1917. He has also been described as the architect of Anzac Day, credited with initiating the Anzac Day march, wreath-laying ceremonies at memorials and special church services. David Senior also began a trust to use money raised from the sale of Anzac Day badges for the care of soldiers' graves at home and abroad, and he was awarded the OBE in 1934. So, in the Garlands of Brisbane, we can see individuals constructively engaged in a number of fields, contributing expertise and exerting some positive influence on society in this part of the world. As a nation, we would have been much poorer without the Garlands of Brisbane. Frank, VK2AKG, tells us that a recall on certain smoke detectors prone to RF interference has been issued. Photoelectric smoke and thermal detector 499 series, that's 449, are used to detect smoke threats and communicate to a security panel. The list is available in the text editions along with the direct URL to the Australian Government's recall page. But what are the defects? When the smoke detectors are near a device with frequency levels ranging between 440 and 470 megahertz, the smoke detectors may possibly become idle or activate false alarms. Some devices other than 70 centimetre amateur gear, such as satellite phones and handheld walkie-talkies, also use this frequency range for their operation. You're listening to the WIA News. Would you like to become a ham? Well, the 17th and and Sunday, the 18th of May, Amateur Radio New South Wales will be conducting a foundation course and assessments will be conducted on Sunday, the 18th, for all licensed grades. Bookings are required, best made by an email to education at arnsw.org.au. And Waverley Amateur Radio Society has a foundation and assessment weekend on May the 24th and the 25th. Still in VK2, the May Tresh and Treasure will be held on Sunday the 25th. Stock level is building up, so it should be a good display of goodies. 
Watch the Amateur Radio New South Wales website for all that May has to offer. G'day, this is Jamie VK2YCJ from Newcastle. I'm really looking forward to catching up with you at the WIAGM. It's only a couple of weeks away. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. Intruder Watch and International News with Jason VK2LAW and yours truly, Graham VK4, Baker Baker. Tornadoes in southern states of the USA, accompanied by violent storms, recently have left a trail of death and destruction. Mike Corey, KI1U, the ARRL Emergency Preparedness Manager, said he had had reports of weather observations from Skywarn radio amateurs helping timely tornado warnings issued by the National Weather Service. For example, Skywarn traced twister movement through Arkansas. Whilst forecasters watched the radar, their ears heard reports from Skywarn that had had one of its most professional nets ever. The observations came from very reliable on-the-ground observations. All are well-trained and called upon by the National Weather Service. The Amateur Radio Emergency Service, ARIS, was also involved and prepared as flood warnings had been issued for some areas. Now with Intruder Watch News, here's Jason. Radio Hargisha on the 40 metre band. The IARU Monitoring System newsletter reports interference from broadcast stations to amateur radio operations in the amateur exclusive segment of the 40 metre band. The report notes that the source of the interfering signals has been traced to Radio Hargisha in Somaliland on 7120 kHz and Khartoum in the Sudan on 7200 kHz. Monitor those two frequencies and report times when transmissions are heard to intruder watch. Radio is still the dominant technology. The Federal Communications Commission, FCC in the USA, has declared that radio is king. The FCC says, based on its research, those other non-broadcast sources are not yet meaningful substitutes for radio broadcasts, whether you're a listener or advertiser. The National Association of Broadcasters has submitted that radio competes with non-broadcast sources such as satellite radio and internet-based audio services and wanted changes to local radio ownership limits. Meantime, the American Radio Relay League, ARRL, believes radio amateurs and AM broadcasters have some common ground in cleaning up a worsening RF noise environment. The ARRL drawing on earlier FCC positive support for AM broadcasts points to severe interference from power line noise sources that hurt both the broadcasters and the ham radio community. To New Zealand, a recent radio communications interference case in New Zealand found a crane telecontrol transmission in radio spectrum issued exclusively to another user. The incumbent license holder's radio service was degraded and, not surprisingly, the crane control user also reported issues. Radio spectrum is a resource which needs to be managed and the main management tool is radio licensing. The two categories of license available for crane control or other radio control or communication associated with industrial equipment in New Zealand are general user licences or assigned radio licences. Assigned radio licences in New Zealand include channels for crane control and bush winch applications. These are narrow band 12.5 kHz channels in sections of VHF and UHF. Crane control channels are generally reserved for cranes temporarily operating at specified locations, typically at construction sites. ZL to Western VK, AR 630 metres over 3100 mile path. It seems perseverance has paid off 
for long-time 630-metre operator Murray Greenman, ZL1BPU, who uses the special-purpose call sign ZL1 Echo Echo for contacts on that band. Amateur Radio Newsline's Jim Meacham, Zulu Lima 1 Bravo Hotel Foxtrot, is here with the details. During the week of April 13th to the 20th, ZL1EE had numerous reception reports from Bernd Joseph Wolf, VK5ABN-8, some 2,010 miles away near the city of Adelaide, Australia. But the real payoff came when he learnt that his signal had been copied by Derek Zek, VK6DZ, in the Australian city of Alika, some 3,100 miles to the west. Using the new WSPR2 digital mode, Greenman operated overnight at 200 watts power out into a small 23-foot-high Marconi antenna that was squeezed into a one-fifth-acre urban lot. This put the effective radiated signal below the maximum 25 watts permitted. It took a week of trying, but with the reception report from VK6DZ, he finally broke the 3,000-mile distance barrier. As elsewhere, the 630-metre allocation here in New Zealand is from 472 kilohertz to 479 kHz. What undoubtedly helped ZL1EE achieve this remarkable low-frequency DX is that his location is only about seven miles from our west coast, and most of the path to VK60Z is over water. It should be noted that activity between Australia and New Zealand on 630 metres is quite strong, especially over the winter months here in the Southern Hemisphere. The window of opportunity for these contacts appears to be about two hours wide from local midnight. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, at L2BHF in Nelson, New Zealand. After numerous delays, Kicksat was carried to space on Friday, April 18th, on board a SpaceX Dragon freight capsule using the company's Falcon 9 reusable booster. This as a part of the CRS-3 resupply mission to the International Space Station. As previously reported, Kicksat's beacon can be heard on 437.505 MHz, as well as 2401 to 2436.2 MHz, transmitting various satellite parameters. Once released from their mothership, the sprites will be transmitting on 437.240 MHz, but each with its own unique digital code. In addition to Kicksat, the SpaceX CRS-3 mission also delivered several other CubeSats, including Sporsat, TSAT, PhoneSat V2.5, and All-Star Thea. All were deployed into a 325 by 315 kilometer 51.5 degree inclination orbit. A Texas ham facing a $7,000 proposed fine after admitting interfering with other radio amateurs has entered into a consent degree with the FCC, one where he will surrender his license and make a voluntary contribution to the United States Treasury. Amateur Radio Newsline's Ralph Squalacci, KK6ITB, reports. On February 19th, the FCC proposed a $7,000 fine, which Winstead was given 30 days to appeal. Now, in its order released April 22nd, the FCC says that it has entered into a consent decree between its Enforcement Bureau and Mr. Winstead. Under its terms, Winstead has agreed to send the Commission a letter requesting cancellation of his amateur extra-class license. He has also agreed to make a $1,000 voluntary contribution to the United States Treasury in 12 monthly installments. 
As a result, both the FCC and James R. Winstead agree that the consent decree constitutes a final settlement between them with respect to the investigation as long as Winstead abides by its terms. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB reporting. Consent decrees have long been used by various government bureaus, including the FCC, to settle investigations but are rare in regard to personal and hobby radio. At the International DX Convention, the Yasme Foundation met and elected its officers and board of directors. Elected were Ward Silver, N0AX, as president, Fred Lawn, K3ZO, vice president, Rusty Epps, W6OAT, as treasurer, and Kip Edwards, W6SZN, as secretary. All four, along with Marty Lane, OH2BH, and Bob Valio, W6RGG, were also named as directors of the group. The Yasme Foundation is a not-for-profit corporation organized to conduct scientific and educational projects related to amateur radio, including the Xing and the introduction and promotion of the hobby in developing countries. For additional information about its activities, take your web browser to yasme.org. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WYA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Central North area, it can be heard on... The VK5 RH repeater 146.925. At 9am Sunday, I'm Brett, VK5 ZII. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4 FUQ, Dateline 2014. SGA 80 Meter Trophy Contest, July 26. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day, the ID Contest, August 16 and 17. 2015. Tablelands Radio Group will again hold AMNCW on Anzac Day, 25 April. John Moore Memorial Field Day was held over the weekend of the 15th and 16th of March, 2014, and Dennis VK4AE Contest Manager has worked overtime to bring you the results. The WIA and the Contest Committee would like to thank all entrants who took part and submitted their logs for this year's contest. This year the rules were modified to ensure that more logs were submitted by requiring the different station work the same station a total of more than five times on any band or on any mode. Then the logs from both stations had to be submitted to verify the contacts. John Moore Memorial Field Day 2014 results in brief. 24-hour portable operation. Multiple operator, top of the pile. VK3ER, multi, all modes, all bands, 793 contacts. VK4IZ, multi, all modes, HF, 994 contacts. VK2HZ, multi, phone, all bands, 414 contacts. VK5OM, multi, phone, VHF, 42 contacts. VK4QD, multi, phone, HF, 1303 contacts. Special event advice. Husband and wife Hamston International Museum Weekends. This annual event in June, held for more than a decade, supports museums worldwide through amateur radio by recognising their cultural and educational importance and to foster international goodwill. While there has been plenty of activity in the United Kingdom, only a few stations are entered elsewhere. 
However, for the first time, the Melbourne Museum is ended with a portable station run by Joe Gonzalez, VK3YSP and Julie, VK3FOWL. It will operate in Parkland to the right of the museum entrance in Nicholson Street, Carlton. Primarily using the 80, 40 and 20 metre bands, it runs from 9am to 9pm Eastern Australian Time, or for 12 hours from 2200 hours UTC, on the weekends of June 14 and 15, and June the 21st and 22nd. Awards Keith Roger Memorial National Park Award Plaque Winners This popular award designed to encourage portable activity that began 45 years ago has just been enhanced with personal plaques for the high achievers. The rules now have merit plaques available for those who either work from or work to all 45 Victorian National Parks. A third plaque called the Grand Slam is for those who work both from and to all National Parks. First to claim a worked all 45 merit plaque is Peter Freeman, VK3PF, in a contact with John Dawes, VK5BJE Portable 3, at Erinundra National Park. VK3PF was a mere 45 minutes quicker than his rival Peter Fraser, VK3ZPF, who is second to get the worked all merit plaque. However, Peter VK3ZPF, in working Tony Hambling VK3VDH from Little Desert National Park, capped off all 45 work from and to, and qualified for the Grand Slam plaque on the Saturday, the April the 26th. Then Peter Freeman VK3PF, with the merit plaque secure, went to French Isle National Park a day later on Sunday, April 27, to complete his Grand Slam plaque of 45 activated and worked. Just to recap, Peter Freeman VK3PF has the first merit plaque, but Peter Fraser VK3ZPF has the first Grand Slam plaque. Both vowed to continue operating portable and give others a chance to get qualified contacts. It's all in the warmth of the radio valves. Now then, where are my radio valves? Ah, you little beauties. We'll soon have the watts throbbing through you and your filaments glowing red hot, carrying the thoughts and words of mankind to the four corners of the world. Oh, there's nothing like a 19DS stroke 87B. <laughs> Tony Hancock, 90th birthday, GB9TH. Like him or loathe him for sending up amateur radio, he was a comic genius. Born on the 12th of May 1924, he would have been 90. To celebrate, the Coventry Amateur Radio Society are operating GB4TH from Birmingham, birthplace of the lad himself. Mainly on 40 metres SSB, we will not be using a 19DS stroke 87B in the final. But I'd like to have Alan G7CDK as guest operator, who was recording engineer for the Radio Ham record. EI60X will be on the air stroke FO from Bora Bora in French Polynesia between May 7 and the 18th. EI60X stroke FO activity will be 80 metres through 10 metres CW in SSB. VK1WA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ in Ingham. Who listens to radio? VK4F, VK4FKDB. VK3, Mike Julius Radio. VK2, VK7 Echo Mike. Hi, this is Phil Waite, VK2ASD. There's only a few weeks left to register for the WIA's AGM on the Sunshine Coast, so we hope to see you all there. You can register on the WIA website at www.wia.org.au.
Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Females in Radio. A foundation course designed especially for the ladies. Jean, VK3VIP, President of Alara, invites all ladies to attend this special event, which will be held on Saturday the 31st of May and Sunday the 1st of June in the outer eastern suburbs of Bourwin, North Victoria. Over a weekend, you will participate in the course of instruction designed to enable you to obtain your Amateur Radio Foundation licence. The course will be held on all day on Saturday with the examinations on Sunday morning and it's free of charge. Light refreshments and lunch will be provided at no cost to all ladies attending the course. A maximum of six places are available, so bookings are essential. All course material will be provided, but ladies, you'll need to have read the Foundation Manual prior to attending the course. To reserve your place, email vk3vip at wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Pongsat 2 Kickstarter campaign. John Powell, W6JPA, is trying to raise $11,000 on kickstarter.com to send 2,000 student projects to the edge of space. According to news reports, next September the 27th, Powell hopes to launch 2,000 student projects that fit inside ping pong balls called Pongsats. If his campaign is successful, students from all over the world will be invited to send their Pongsats to be launched skyward on weather balloons to an altitude of at least 98,000 feet. After the landing and recovery, each of the Pongsats will be returned to its creator, along with data from the flight, a DVD with video of the launch and onboard scenes and a certificate confirming the flight. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW. With the annual International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, the premium fun event in August, more than 225 registrations have already been received from 30 different countries. Among them are Germany and Australia, having nearly 90 between them, followed by the USA, England, Argentina, Netherlands, Sweden and Scotland, and many other seagoing nations have also a few registrations. The basic objective of the popular event is to promote public awareness of lighthouses and lightships, their need for preservation, and to promote goodwill of amateur radio. Join in the 17th annual event by being at a lighthouse, lightship or maritime beacon. For the guidelines, past or current activations, or to register online for August the 16th and 17th, visit the website illw.net. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Old Timers. I'll leave you this week with Clive as tomorrow is the first Monday in May. And that means it's RAOTC bulletin time once again. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey. This month's Radio Amateur's Old Timers Club of Australia's News and Information broadcast features the story of the battles between Thomas Edison and George Westinghouse to provide electric power to the public. Should it be AC or DC? And some of the fighting was pretty dirty too. Although the bulletin is relayed on a number of different frequencies and at different times throughout the day, the main Australia-wide coverage takes place on 20 metres. At 0100 UTC, the bulletin is beamed northwards from Melbourne on 14.150 MHz upper sideband for Eastern States listeners, while an hour later, at 0200 UTC... The program is beamed westward for WA listeners, again on 14.150 MHz. 
Also at 0200 UTC, we have an HF transmission from Perth on 40 metres on 7060 kHz lower sideband, intended mainly for country WA listeners, as well as the News West linked repeater coverage. To find a local transmission time and frequency for your particular area, please visit the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au. Once again, that's www.raotc.org.au. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is cordially invited to tune in and to take part in the callbacks afterwards. We look forward to hearing from you. So once again, the May RAOTC Bulletin can be heard tomorrow, Monday, May the 5th. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. But today is Sunday, May the 4th, and in Clearview, it's the Clearview Gathering in VK4. Next weekend will be the very last of the WIA National News Service broadcasts for this WIA National Year because on May 16 to 18, we kick off a whole new WIA year, because it's the WIA conference presented by the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club, May 16 to 18. But next weekend, May 10, in VK3, VK4 and VK6, we've got Hamfests happening. The Moorabbin District Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest at 10am in VK3. In VK4, May 10, it's Barkfest, a brand new location, the Salvation Army Hall, Callumvale. And May 10 in VK6, it's Harg Swap Meet, and it's open to buyers at 1pm in the afternoon. 5 Sanderson Road, Les Murdy. So until we do see you again, I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for listening and walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported, you decide.